Welcome back, listeners, to this very special Thanksgiving episode. We have two wonderful guests for you, Claudia Reschka and Carla Gutierrez, cinematographer and editor from Julia. Julia is out in theaters today and chronicles the life of famed cook Julia Child. The film comes from Betsy West and Julie Cohen, most notably known for their Oscar-nominated documentary, RBG. What will this dream team cook up next? First up, we have Claudia Reschka. How are you doing today? I am doing good. It has been a whirlwind of a day and a whirlwind of a week already. And it is only Tuesday. (laughs) Well, I definitely feel that. Um, How excited are you that your film is about to to debut in theaters this weekend? I am super excited that the film Julia will premiere in on the big screen uh, this weekend on Friday and uh, hopefully we'll uh, go into many more movie theaters thereafter. I can only say if you haven't seen it, eat something beforehand. (laughs) because the food that you're going to see her recipes and the way we captured it um, will make you hungry so I do not recommend to go and see it without having eaten yeah no I can I can attest to that Um, I luckily I I did follow those guidelines and I did eat before going into the film so that is uh that is great advice for anyone um anyone going into going into see it on Friday or um, after. Um, but I just wanted to start um, with what was your knowledge around Julia Child? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Julia Child for me was somebody who was a trailblazer because um, she had in her later years become this incredible role model that uh, uh, during the 50s was just really unheard of. And so uh, during that time, of course, my mom was a 50s housewife. And so a lot of the food that we had, even though I grew up in Germany and uh, we certainly had access fresh produce, but still there was a tendency during that time to um, use canned food instead of fresh produce. Mm -hmm. And during, you know, when you grow up with that kind of uh, uh, take on food, that things can be canned and that they are healthy. And then here comes Julia Child with her charisma and fame relatively late in her life, I think she was around 50. Um, It just, I really could identify, not only because she reminded me somewhat of uh, um, the time with my mom of, you know, (laughs) using ketchup instead of real tomato sauce (laughs) for spaghettis, (laughs) or, uh, you know, using um, just canned food. And I think in the United States, it was even worse because there was spam and you know uh just everything was suspended in jello or molds in one way or another and so uh breaking free from that and really uh looking at what you can garden um what you can plant how you can have fresh produce uh brought such creativity to the table and a, an explosion of uh, uh, tastes and combinations that uh, I think was really liberating. Liberating for cooking at home, liberating for uh, women in general that would look at her and watch her television shows and, and say, you know, yeah, things go wrong, that's okay. I don't have to pretend to be this perfectly ironed type of type of 50s housewife I can just be myself like Julia Child I can be at times awkward but hey I put a smile on it and just you know explore there is so much to um, be creative about Mm -hmm. and so that kind of you know a reminded me of my mom and b really uh you know resonates with me as a woman in a male-dominated 
uh, field in the industry. As a cinematographer, I still only represent, uh, according to the latest uh, celluloid ceiling report of this year in January, um, only 4%, whereas 96% are still men, right? And so um, when things get rough and you feel that, uh, um, can you stick it out? Do you have the uh, endurance and the passion that gets you through the hard times? Um, that's when I look up to Julia Child and, and think like, oh my God, she just forged ahead and just was this trailblazer for many other people to come. Um, and so it really resonates with me. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. I love that. Um, and what was something that you learned um, about her while um, working on this project? I mean, obviously you learned a bunch of things, but what was the most sort of surprising or um, thing that stood out the most to you? The most surprising thing for me about uh, Julia, I think was really the, uh, that she didn't take a no for an answer when she wrote her book and she was rejected, uh, you know, over and over again. And uh, um, really being open to revision and being open to understand what was working, what was not working. Um, I think that that is a character trait that when um, you feel that you're not successful and sometimes you can go into this space of uh, shutting down, whereas she just did not. And that for me was, I think, the most uh, surprising way. And of course, she had a you know, wonderful uh, husband who so believed in her. And I think if you have somebody in your corner that uh, um, just believes in you, you, you know, you don't lose track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so how were you first approached for the project? Obviously you've worked with um, Betsy and Julie before, um, but when did conversations come to you in regards to this project? The um, project was presented to me while I was actually shooting for uh, Betsy and Julie, the film about uh, Polly Murray, who mm -hmm. was a civil rights uh, activist, um, you know, on, on many levels, a, um, a women, a feminist, a um, women's rights um, activist, um, you know, many firsts for her. And so um, they were looking for a new story and completely fell in love with uh, um, Julia Child and her um, story. And then, you know, had just mentioned it really in passing. So like, I think we were going to, you know, make this film. And when, once I got the, the, um, the funding for it, I was invited to, to do it. And it was different because this time around, we knew from the get-go, yes, it was similar. Uh, we had archival footage. We had a wealth of archival footage for Julia Child in comparison to Polly Murray, where we had just so little. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, um, having such a wealth, they knew that they were in the riches. And how do you weave all of that together with um, you know, interviews as well as uh, getting to the taste uh, or getting to, to capture somehow that is so unattainable in film. Mm -hmm smells and tastes how do you visualize that how do you get the audience to you know <laughs> have that experience of uh, the the quality and the richness and the the beauty of flavor and so um they had said to me from from the get-go it's like look we're most likely you're going to shoot everything except for um, you know, some of the food photography, because there is this very special 
um, macro cinematographer. Um, his name is Nanda uh, Bredilliard. And uh, he's from Paris and he made it his passion to do macro photography of food. Mm -hmm. And so they said, like, I think we want to use him, but uh, we will still, uh, and we don't know yet of how this all is going to flow because then COVID happened. Yeah. And so they said, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Uh, should we, can he come over? Can you collaborate? What are we going to do? And so that that was not possible. So he did do just the abstractions and extreme close-ups, which to me represented like the cherry on top, right? Mm -hmm. You create the meal with all the steps and then there's a cherry on top. And that was his fabulous, great macro photography. But there needed to be an in-between from the uh, footage, uh, the archival footage to, uh, you know, the cooking of uh, and different steps of it. And we discussed that uh, um, it would be fantastic to have her kitchen um, be the background. Uh, so we reconstructed Julia's kitchen on a set and uh, even sourced like an old garland stove from the 1950s uh, that was found somewhere in a garage and, uh, and made it operational again. And actually uh, then had uh, our fabulous uh, food stylist, uh, Susan Spongen, um, who was a great cook. And she, we used her hands and uh, rolling the dough and making the pastries and the, the chicken and the, you know, stirring in of, of wine and, you know, all kinds of things that had to be uh, illustrated. And that in-between step of placing it into the 50s, that ended up being my job of making the archival with the studio step-by-step step with the hands into this cherry on top, fantastic, abstract, uh, close-up um, food um, footage all harmonious. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I... I have to applaud you for that because, um, I mean, it really was just a seamless sort of um, transition from um, from everything. And I, that's also credit to um, your editor, Carla. Um, so, um, I mean, kudos to that. Yes, and it's, you know, uh, and I am, I'm really, really, uh, for me, it was so visceral because when you're on set and you're doing food photography, obviously it's COVID time, you know, it's like here are this most delicious meals and you can't touch them because it's COVID, you can't share. So we were just sniffing and, you know, <laughs> salivating. And, uh, um, you know, I tested out uh, a bunch of prime lenses because I love working with the Canon uh, Cinema Primes and, uh, you know, with a shallow depth of field because I could, uh, um, you know, shoot at it too and really bring out the beauty of the food and needed to really work with a lens that would uh, allow me to be in really close range focus. Where you go to the 135, which, you know, cuts into a really close, great close-up, but it is still at uh, a minimum focus of three feet. And so going really close was essential. So I shot everything with a 50 millimeter. And that 50 millimeter Canon Prime has become my all-time favorite. Mm -hmm. I work with it all the time because when you're doing verite of any nature, it really uh, takes in the breath of what you are capturing. And so um, that was such a pleasure. I have to say I was uh, in, incredibly uh, happy using that lens. We also used uh, some filtration just to bridge the different uh, uh, eras, you know, from, you know, the t deteriorated um, video images uh, to the 1950s kitchen uh, to, you know, to create the recipe wraparound to what uh, um, Nanda shot in, in Paris, which was often against a, a 
black background so it was high contrast and mm -hmm. so that needed uh, some finessing so we used the hollywood hollywood magic my hollywood magic filter <laughs> <laughs> that worked worked quite well yeah so um what other challenge i mean besides the obvious of covid um, in some instances, what were some of the challenges that you had with this film? Well, I think the biggest challenge was really, um, well, okay, you touched upon COVID. One of the big uh, challenges was when we started filming, uh, it was at the beginning of uh, COVID, we had some interview setups and we had a, um, a compliance officer on set who would actually mark the boxes that we could stand in where our gear was supposed to be and how far we had to be from each other and so usually on set you have like this camaraderie and you catch up but these are private conversations when you work with your favorite team and uh, I was uh, in luck, my favorite team was available and we were all not able to have a private conversation because when you're in a taped box where you're allowed to stand and your you know, crewmate is like eight to 10 feet away, it's like, hey, how's, how are your kids? What's going on in your life? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of breakdown and then all everything is muffled through your, your double mask. And that breakdown of conversation was psychologically really hard. Mm -hmm. that uh, um, kind of made the set incredibly quiet. Um, the compliance officer at times would say like, hey, you're stepping too close, especially as we were um, obviously getting to doing the photography and I needed to step at times to um, closer and over the shoulder in order to capture what we needed to capture. Mm -hmm. um, but it, so that was a real um, challenge and uh, we had to all adapt to um you know kind of still have a sense of of unity and and working with each other because we were ultimately separated like standing in corners mm. <laughs> it's like you stand in the corner over there uh, but uh, uh the other challenges were like when we were uh, in the studio because it was uh, um you know when you are in a studio um that has that is made for um sound recording then of course you don't have any windows no natural light to deal with um but because it was all about food and we mostly shot um without sound uh you know we just opted for a um relatively uh inexpensive studio that had these huge bay windows and uh, just controlling the light seeping through and changing my ambient level was uh, um, obviously fluctuating depending on the day and the weather shift. Um, so even though that we tried to black it out quite uh, solidly, there was still, you know, the need because of COVID to leave um, windows open, there had to be air um, ventilation, and so that created a, a, a leak of light, and so it's like, ah, but it was more tedious and really a challenge. I think, yeah. you know, I think the challenge then comes really, I mean, the biggest cinematography challenge is really, um, you know, how do I bridge the archival with what was shot in Paris? That was a challenge. And obviously um, we shot on uh, one of my favorite cameras, which is the uh, Canon EOS uh, um, C300 Mark II. At that point, the 500 was not yet readily available, but uh, um, so we started on that. And uh, with the Cinema um, Log 2, and shooting full 4K, um, that was, you know, I look, the canvas, the sensor is my canvas. And so when you are talking about uh, deliciousness, um, then you want to have a center, a, a, a sensor that can really uh, replicate beautiful colors and hold the highlights and, mm -hmm. you know, have rich blacks. And so um, 
that was um you know great to have that tool mm -hmm. and beyond that you know when you're doing food photography and you're on set and it is for 12 hour day um this was all handheld i did not have any um you know dollies or stick sticks because part of shooting um the recipes was it had to really work organically of what was happening so i was constantly shifting to get a better view or to try to emulate the steam or the smell rising and so you'll see these little moves that uh, uh kind of float around the food just mm -hmm. to kind of uh, um, support you know what is so hard to translate um which is the deliciousness of uh, her recipe mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean what i guess is your biggest takeaway from the project never give up <laughs> eat good food <laughs> um I think that my biggest takeaway is that, you know, she had endurance throughout her life and didn't uh, get pushed aside. And that kind of tenacity and, and devotion to her craft is um, what I carry with me because, you know, as I am, uh, look, I've been in the industry for uh, nearly 40 years. So it has been a really long journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I hold on to that, you know, for me, that is inspirational. And I think in our world, we need role models that will show that um, as you grow older, you know, there's so much wisdom and so much experience that uh, uh, is a, a major contributor to a better life mm -hmm. that, that uh, needs to be upheld. Yeah. And I mean, if you were shooting your own, um, I mean, you're a, a biopic of someone that you admire so much. I mean, who would that be? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I did it. I, I shot RBG. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She, she was uh, my, she was my hero, is still my hero mm -hmm. um, for how she managed, you know, very different creative process, even though it was all about the law and upholding the law, but she was such a wordsmith, um, you know, Supreme Court Judge uh, Beta Ginsburg, she was such a wordsmith that she that when you present something the you need to understand your the reader or the person who is soaking up your words because um there is so much room for interpretation and if there is a word that is a trigger then all of what you're writing might be be, be derailed mm -hmm. and so is important it is important to finesse it's important to be diplomatic it's important to understand the conversation who you are talking to and and listen the same way um so that you can actually you know uh, bring your argument across mm -hmm. and so she uh, she inspired me on that level in a, a major way and then i guess one final question to wrap up i mean has there been a dish that you've tried to perfect from one of Julia's cookbooks? <laughs> uh, um, I have, you know, many years ago, I bought her um, master, uh, mastering the art of French cooking um, and uh, started reading it. And it is incredibly descriptive. It's really wonderful that every step of the way, you, it's like a, she's hand-holding you through the process. She's not assuming that you know. And so it becomes, for the confused cook, a real um, guide and, and uh, reassurance as you read what to do next. And yes, I have tried a couple of the recipes, but the reality is that my life is 
devote to cinematography and making movies and, um, you know, bringing um, documentaries uh, to an audience to kind of experience a paradigm shift, you know, to, uh, you know, challenge people to, to think outside the box and to reflect humanitarian efforts or, you know, to capture human interest stories that enrich us all. So my life is devoted to that. So cooking has actually been delegated to my kids and <laughs> my son, therefore, has become uh, incredibly involved in cooking and uh, which is, you know, of course, fantastic for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, after a long day, I mean, it must be nice to come home and already have um, your son have made dinner. So that's that's wonderful. Exactly. But I think one of the things that uh, I really learned, and I'm eager to uh, make that happen for this Thanksgiving, is um, the, her roasted potatoes, just the way she scratched the surface on those potatoes and how she fried them, uh, the home fries. It's just one of the things that, you know, is already in my head that this is going to be the way Julia made it and the roast is going to be like Julia made it. So for Thanksgiving, I'm super excited to bring her to the table. Yeah. And I bet so many other uh, families will be doing just that same thing after seeing the film. They might be inspired. I think I think so. I I am. I've I've always been. I she has been one of my um, idols for. I I love cooking, and so I I absolutely adore um, adored the film, and I adored just the the way she approached um, approached the kitchen and approached life in general. So um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for people to um, to get out there and hopefully be inspired just a bit more by, by this marvelous woman. Yeah, she had such joy de vivre, joie de vivre, I think is uh, what you call that, you know, and just such an, I don't know, she was just something else, like six foot and some inches, you know, in a male dominated cooking world and just so carefree. You know, somebody who can just let go of the norms in such a way that he's just like, oh, well, that just didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, you know, because she kind of accepted that you didn't have to be perfect. And I think that that is really in, in contrast to that time period where everybody, especially housewives, they were, you know, not allowed to have careers and were you know, just not uh, seeing mm -hmm. what uh, you could possibly do. Yeah. And so I think she was just like a, a fresh breeze, you know, coming through the window and just, you know, blowing away the, the blues. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I want to thank you, Claudia, so much for um, your time today. Um, it's been such a joy talking with you. Um, and uh, I, I can't wait to see how, how this film resonates with everyone. I, you know, I, first of all, thank you so much for, uh, you know, inviting me to talk to you about Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, second of all, I, uh, I do hope that uh, she will really inspire um, people to come together at the table rather than, you know, um, eat by them some takeout food. Yeah, no, we need, we definitely need more of that. That is for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I will let you go and um, please enjoy the rest of your, uh, your day and hopefully your week is um, it, it starts to get a little, a little less stressful as it, as it keeps going. Oh, I hope so too. But then I have to say that, uh, new projects always come with such, um, you know, you become like an explorer of all the possibilities, uh, how to, uh, capture a new story. So I'm, yes, it is a lot on my plate, but at the same time, it's also incredibly exciting.
Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what's next. I really can't. That it's, I, I've been such a fan of what you've been doing um, over the years, especially with uh, uh, Julie and Betsy. Yeah, it has been uh, quite a journey, and I'm I'm feeling incredibly grateful that they brought me on board for so many projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I will let you go, and um, I I hope to talk to you again someday soon. <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you so much. And now we have Carla Gutierrez. How did you meet um, Julie Cohen? and Betsy West? Um, so another email, <laughs> actually, they, they reached out to me, I think, uh, I think I, I don't have, like, I should put my email out online. Um, I think my email is not like easily available, but um, yeah, they reached out to me through like Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, they just got a recommendation from somebody um, at CNN Films, which was producing um, RBG at the time. And, um, and they call me and we just, you know, sat, I mean, as soon as I heard what the premise of the film was like, oh my God, I really, really want this job. Um, and we just sat down and had a long conversation and they watched um, some of my work and, you know, they felt that I was a good fit mm -hmm. for the film. Um, and I, I was just finishing a film that had like a lot of heavy archival stuff. Um, and that's how we started collaborating. And then, and then really magic happened with them. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like same, same way with the prayer weight team, like, um, you know, there's just like these moments, um, that, that come into your life where it's just like, you know, something clicks in the collaborations yeah. that you have. Um, and you know, that's something that, that has, um, coming to, you know, now we've collaborated into films with Julie and Betsy, and there's just so much joy and fun in the edit process with them. Um, and, and we just really complement each other. So, you know, there's just some, some collaborations that are just really special and really magical. And, and definitely with the Prayer Away team and with Julie and Betsy, that definitely has happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what is it about RBG, the person or the documentary that you admire the most? Me personally? Um, yeah. Well, I, um, I came to that story the same way that most viewers came to that story. Um, you know, the, the premise of the film was, you know, you know her as the notorious RBG. Um, she's a star as this progressive justice, but there's just so much more of her story that you know, most people don't know about. So that was me when I started working in the film. Like I knew what she represented, uh, especially to young people, you know, um, a few years ago, um, I follow, you know, her descents, um, but I really didn't know her career as a fighter for women's rights. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that was, you know, what I really, you know, the appreciation that I gained from working in the film. Um, um, the work that she had done be before and also how she strategized. Um, I mean, she, you know, she just um, weaved a strategy that is, uh, that is it's just like, you know, towards, you know, legal, you know, uh, uh, like the legal grounding for women's rights that it cannot be touched. And, and that's just kind of like the genius of, of RBG. And, you know, even her descents, I believe she's, she's left a lot of descents for future generations to, you know, um, to pull from for arguments for the future. So, mm -hmm. so I think her, her work is gonna be, you know, it's gonna li live for a long time yeah. and it's gonna be taken and it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna come back to life in future generations, probably not this generation with the court that we have, but uh, that it's, it's just, she was really smart. I mean, she left a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of great foundations for people to, to take over the work in the future. Mm -hmm. So how did it, one, feel to be recognized by your peers with an Emmy nomination 
and an Eddie nomination, and then two on a broader scope to have a film be so loved by audiences to make it all the way to the best documentary feature um, at the Academy Awards. It feels awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, really, the the best part of it was um, hearing about um, women, like different generations of women in the same family going to watch the film together. I think that mm -hmm. that was the most special like feedback, uh, you know, um, kind of reaction that we got uh, from RBG. There were just a lot of um, grandmas with mothers with like little girls that went to watch the film and, and they felt like they learned a lot about it. Also, my sister, told me that that was the best film I had done. <laughs> and I was like, great, thanks. Uh, so uh, that was that was high praise. You know, she, you know, she's just like, kind of like a, a, a not necessarily like a very patient viewer. So, so the commentaries that might be, you know, a little bit more experimental, uh, just, you know, don't quite make yeah. it for her yeah so and your so, critic maybe yes yeah oh my god yes um so you know i mean it's i'm i'm just so proud i mean i i feel so lucky to work in what i do i feel like i'm you know every time i go into a project i am getting to learn um so much about worlds and about situations and about issues that i don't know much about and i get to learn it from people that are living those issues or living those you know are in those worlds um mm -hmm. that are unfamiliar to me or or experts that that know very much or you know i mean in the process of editing um there's a lot of you know there's a lot of information that i love to have um, that influences the way that we present the story. But obviously, you know, I, I love to really work on films that present a story that is intimate and personal mm -hmm. uh, and not necessarily like, you know, about information and exposition. Um, but I get to learn that information and exposition and context as I'm putting the film together. So how lucky am I to be exposed to, you know, to like just kind of continue my learning through my work. Um, and, you know, I'm just, in, and make a living out of it. I'm just incredibly lucky. Yeah. And so sort of moving into another female American icon, Julia, <laughs> um, how early did you hear about this project? Did you get involved in this project? Sort of, can you talk about the beginnings of that for me? Um, very early. Um, so as soon as they were starting to um, to pitch it around, like they they kind of booked me for the for the film. I mean, the film, like you know, it was it was really well received when when they idea when they had the idea of doing it. Um, so they knew that it was going to be made, and they got partners uh, very quickly. But they talked to me like really early in the process, and um, and. Yeah, I was like, of course, um, you know, I'll get to work with Julia Betsy again. Yeah. Um, so I think I was booked like about a year before we started. Um, so that's how, you know, that's kind of how early I, I was on board with, with the film. Um, yeah. And so how much did you know about Julia Child growing up? Um, nothing or anything at all? Um, so again, I, uh, came, so I came to the States when I was 15. Yeah. So there's, there's a big gap in my knowledge of popular culture mm -hmm. from the States, um, which I think really kind of serves me well, um, when I'm coming onto these projects, because a lot of times, you know, I have questions or I, um, kind of focus on something that, um, that I think that like new audiences to that subject matter will have, um, because I'm I'm kind of so new and fresh to to some of those stories. I mean, I knew of her and I had seen her on TV, and I kind of like knew the basics, but I had not lived with you know like family members or my grandmother like having really been you know or even my mom having been watching her you know yeah. every day. And there's that's a lot of the stories that 
we hear now, you know, like when the trailer came out or the film was announced, you know, there's so many people on Twitter saying how, you know, they remember their grandma watching it. Um, They remember all the meals um, that were done in their families from her book. So I actually do not have that connection to her. Um, and, And I think that that, you know, that helps also the collaboration because yeah. I do I do bring up questions uh, for that new people you know new people to her story would have mm-hmm. yeah something I I really um, liked about uh, about the documentary was how raw you guys got and how much really like how much footage you were able to obtain from her personal life, because I think putting her personal life and her professional life into two separate baskets was very interesting. And I loved the way that you um, mixed the two and had them intermingle. Um, So was there a particular aspect to Julia's life that you loved having access to? Yeah, um, so in terms of actually archival material, you know, with Julia, it's like, you know, it's, she's just kind of like a perfect um, character because her husband was a photographer. Uh-huh. So, so there were a lot of photographs of her before anybody knew who she was. Um, and, you know, with a lot of even historical figures, like you, you, you just don't get that lucky um, because people start, you know, taking, taking pictures or, or um, having, you know, film of people once they become famous, but not before. Mm-hmm. So that that was you know that was just such a beautiful layer that we could include um, uh, visually and and emotionally um, into the film. Just having access to that, even the, the way that you know the photographs also were um, done by somebody that really loved her. So they had you know a quality to them that was incredibly intimate. Like you could see the love of the gaze behind the camera. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's like such beautiful emotional access to her personal life, like you said, that we were able to mix that in with the professional, you know, the, the development of her professional career. Um, and now I'm forgetting your question. So um, I don't know if I answered what, that. Sorry, it was more about what part of her life did you enjoy getting access to? Yeah, um, I think it was um, her discovery of um, of like, of her passion, like that moment when she, um, you know, kind of falls in love and then goes to France, um, that first impression, um, I had a lot of fun editing that, um, because, you know, our, our intention was for the viewer to really kind of like be able to feel through her eyes, like how, you know, how, how she was awakening to all this, um, you know, to everything, to everything around her, to the food, to the smells, to the look uh-huh. of the streets. Um, so, so you know, to me, it was really, really important to capture that, um, the way that we edited, you know, um, Paris, for example, where, you, where hopefully like you feel like, like you are walking, like you see her walking, like you're seeing Paris from her point of view and she's just kind mm-hmm. of taking it all in or you know that first meal in France um so to make you know that sensation as present and as as vivid as possible in the way that we present you know the material the footage and so you feel like you're kind of like holding her or she's holding your hand as yeah. she's discovering yeah so that was that was really like you know it just it took a lot of passes and like just kind of, to, you know, a lot of cutting to like get it right and to feel like, you know, I ho- I'm hoping that the viewers really feel her passion, like really, really, you know. Oh yeah. Can, you know, touch her passion and the pleasure that she was getting from it, so. Yeah, I, I really love the way that you're saying like how present you wanted people to feel within the film because mm-hmm. I definitely felt that. I mean, just as, someone who's been lucky enough to go to Paris. I mean, it really did feel like I was being transformed for a moment that I was in Paris or whether I was in the audience of one of the uh, late night shows or 
in her own kitchen. It did, it felt very, and I think the way that you were able to use sort of some of the live action um, shots and intermixing the between archival live action and everything else. I mean, I think it was a lovely balance and I think it really Oh, thank so well. you. Thank you. That that was really, you know, that was that was really our intention. Um, so I'm I'm happy that that is coming through. Yeah, and I also have to say the the way that you guys were able to use her letters and just having that almost be a timeline of her life too, um, I think was extremely beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, we you know we, yeah, I mean, and I think that that's something that. Julie Betsy and I, you know, in our collaboration really tried to do is to, you know, to be able to like tell as much as the story from from inside out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if we can, if if anything, and it doesn't have to be like if we don't have recordings of their voices, then what do we have? And it is the personal pictures, it is the letters, but how much of the of the narration can happen through her voice? Um, mm -hmm. So you know, and and a lot of you know with historical figures, sometimes a lot you know you don't have access to that, so you have to you know do the best with the little that you have. Um, yeah. So ho hopefully that's that's there. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for describing it like that. No, yeah. Um, and I guess sort of my final question, because I know we're a little bit over, um, would, I mean, I uh, really enjoy getting to understand her as a feminist, even though she didn't describe herself as a feminist. I thought that was a very interesting way that you guys sort of told that story. So I'm wondering what, what did you take away from the film, from Julia Child herself, or anything a part of this whole experience that just sort of took her into this new level for you? Um, if you can sort of expand on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you describe it perfectly. You know, I think that, um, you know, a woman that, um, take the risks and goes for it, even at, you know, you know, in her late 30s, and she didn't get into, you know, doing her TV show until her early 50s. Um, you know, but like kind of like takes control and uh, takes advantage of the opportunity that is given to her and then excels. You know, that's how you know that's Kind of the description of feminism uh, yeah. and also then you have a, a husband that is like incredibly supportive of that so very feminist uh couple right uh relationship um but it, it is that you know um it is that following of your passion um that i think that i i connected with the most um yeah. and um and 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 i think that you know that I like, I like to think that I practice that, um, you know, even, even being an editor, like, you know, again, how lucky am I to like be doing something that I feel so passionate about. Um, but, you know, taking those risks, um, taking those risks, being scared of risks, um, but also doing it with discipline. Like that's something that I really loved about her. I mean, her, you know, there was so much discipline and so much work that she put into her, her book um, that, you know, it's, it's taking risks with discipline that yeah. I think are, are great, that is a great combination. So I think that that's just kind of the inspiration that, that I got from, from learning about her, you know, uh, um, through, through this process of editing the film. I love that, love that. Yeah. Well, I just, I wanna thank you so much for your time. Um, and for all of your films that you oh, thank you uh, gone to be a part of this year, and I mean, I can't wait to see how well uh, Julia is received to when it gets released to the wider public. So um, I can't wait. I think you know we had so much fun making it, and I think it's just kind of like a film that that people kind of need right now. It's just about oh, yeah. pleasure, and it's a fun film, and. So I'm I'm excited that we can offer that to audiences at this point with yeah. you know all the crazy couple of years that we've had. So. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. Wipe it clean with Julia. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. I mean, oh my God. I mean, everybody, you know, gained weight during the pandemic. I'm definitely just very hungry working on this film. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was also so much fun. Like I was working on it and, you know, there's a following, there's a Julia following, but then at the beginning of the pandemic, um, cause we started working on it right before the pandemic hit. Um, you know, then you saw like everybody like making bread and like watching Julia for, you know, <laughs> for peace of mind. And like everybody just like really went into this, um, you know, trying to find nurturing someplace mm -hmm. from someplace. And a lot of people found that in making food mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and, and feeding their families and feeding the people that were that the only people that they saw for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of really special to be working on a film about love, you know, like giving love through food when uh -huh. people were doing and they were desperate to do that during the pandemic. So yeah. that was Having to mirror special. it. Yeah, that, yeah. that is, that's very, I love that. I, I love that. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was fun. And I was lucky to, you know, to be doing kind of like a happy film during really sad <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. than doing something as as hard of a subject as pray away versus I know uh, that would have been pretty pretty difficult actually oh, yeah. during the pandemic yeah okay. so um but yeah this was so lovely it was so great meeting you so nice meeting you thank you all for listening this episode was edited and produced by me Jackson Vickery graphics were done by Dylan Michael and the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.